You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. Good morning, and welcome back to Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'd like to give a special thanks to New American Funding for being our 2022 show sponsor. We certainly could not produce this show without them. Well, the real estate market continues to experience record sales, and I would say record craziness, even in the face of increasing interest rates. So I'm interested in getting some insight on this, and I'm sure that the listeners are as well. So welcome to the show, John Ryan. He is the Chief Marketing Officer with Georgia MLS, and let's just have a great conversation about what's going on in today's market. Sounds great. Carol, would uh, really appreciate uh, you having me on today and I uh, look forward to, to having a chat about the real estate market. Yeah, well, this will be fun. It's always fun. And I, and I know you've been on several times before, but for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, give us a quick overview of you and your background. Sure. I am the Chief Marketing Officer of uh, Georgia Multiple Listing Service. I'm actually starting on my 29th year in the uh, in the industry. So I have been fortunate to see a lot of changes and evolution in the way that uh, how the multiple listing service works, how real estate data is delivered, not only to uh, brokers and agents and appraisers, but now out to consumers. So um, I think that's what really keeps my interest and passion going is that it's a it's an ever changing marketplace. And uh, it what, it's what gets me up in the morning to, to come to work to see what we're going to face on a day to day basis. So um, when I first started, it was listing books. <laughs> and then it evolved into the internet and uh, really opened up uh, how consumers had access. And I think that's probably one of the biggest changes is how consumers now have access mm-hmm. to this information from when I first started. So um, I'm uh, fortunate to be here with Georgia MLS and then fortunate to, to service the members that we have on a, on a daily basis. Excellent. Well, yeah, talk about change. You know, I remember my very first job, I stood in front of a fax machine most of the day and faxed press releases. So either fax them or mail them. There was no internet yet. I know it makes me look like a dinosaur, huh? So, (laughs) well, for any of our listeners unfamiliar with Georgia MLS, give us a quick overview. Sure. Georgia MLS, we are actually the largest real estate marketplace uh, in the state of Georgia. Uh, We have offices that range from the North Georgia mountains. Um, of course, all around metropolitan Atlanta, down through central, Georgia, uh, central Georgia, Warner Robins, uh, Macon, uh, and then all along the Georgia coast as well. So uh, what we try to do is just provide uh, access to information, uh, transparency to uh, real estate information. And we serve 51,400 agents at this point. Wow. So, um, you know, we have a, a big, broad footprint, but our thought is if you have a, a license to sell real estate in Georgia, why shouldn't you have access to the information? So we are expanding rapidly. And um, and uh, as I said, we service uh, a lot of people across the state to bring that efficiency to the marketplace. Well, give us a snapshot of where the market is today. How do we end Q1 and where do you think we're going in Q2? Yes, it um, the, the marketplace really over the last few years has, has been really the story of uh, availability and affordability. Right now, the marketplace is, uh, the demand is so strong and the supply is very, very low. You know, in a, in a normal marketplace, Georgia MLS, we would see 70, 80,000 single family residences available for sale. 
Right now, I just did a study uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, with the 51,000 agents that we serve, there's only 10,400 single family residences available for sale. And that's across the state of Georgia. Um, so uh, we are in a, a position of where demand is really driving up the prices. And, and that goes into the affordability of, of, of what we're seeing. So what we saw last year um, in 2021, kind of an interesting stat, 10% of all the listings through our service went under contract within one day. Uh, 50% went under contract within a week. And 77% of the sales was uh, under contract within a month. So that just shows how, how the demand is out there and supply being so low is that consumers really need to be, they really have to have their financial health in order and be willing to go ahead and able to make a quick offer on, on a property. So availability and affordability is really, you know, two big pieces of what we're seeing. What we're seeing at the beginning of the quarter of this year um, is a slight slowdown in the numbers of units that have been sold and the number of new listings. Um, we're starting to see the acceleration as we kind of move into the spring and the, and the summer marketplace. But 2021 was a record year. So it's all kind of relative. We, we have never seen the activity that we saw in 2021 where over $50 billion worth of transactions went through Georgia MLS. So that's a, an incredible number. Um, we may not reach that number this year, but it is still a very, very hyperactive market and sales volume is um, above what we saw last year. So prices are increasing. It's definitely crazy times. You know, we've got square footage going down. We've got, you know, I think the bidding wars are still, depending on the area of town, still kind of hot for homes. We have builders not even putting their inventory in MLS because they're waiting till they hit, you know, drywall to even price it. Right. And, and most of them still have huge waiting lists for people who want that inventory. I mean, it's really kind of unprecedented. You know, are we still at 0.7 months supply, not even a month supply? Is that going up or down? It's it, it's hovering right around a month supply. Like I said, okay. the, the number of, um, of listings are slightly down, but in cr across all price ranges, it is at one month or less. Uh, we don't see that one month of supply until you hit the $850,000 price range. So anything under um, $850,000 in that, that range is less than one month's supply. Um, Golly, and $850,000 is a pretty uh, pretty high price there for that to be. Even at that price range and, and um, you know, in that demographic that's looking for the prices, it is still a, a very, very tight marketplace where it mm -hmm. doesn't matter what range that you're trying to come in, you better go, you know, like I said, have your financial health in order and be ready to make those bids. We have seen where 67% of all of the offers are above list price. So it's not just list price we're seeing. We are seeing above list price um, and, and, and people having escalators in their purchase and sale agreement. So mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that that will get you the house, that you better right. have a, a plan when you go ahead and make those offers. Yeah. Well, has the median sales price for Atlanta, I'm assuming it's increased, but how, how much has it increased over the last year or two? I, I can tell you that even in a month, from last month to this month, the median price increased 3.5% just wow. in one month. So last month, it was 365000 and that is in what we call the, the 12 county core market of Atlanta. It's the 12 counties, um, including Fulton County and around. 
The median price, uh, as we saw it, is $377,900, up over $365,000 in one month. And then the year-over-year increase, Carol, increased uh, over 28%. So it has gone from $295,000 in that 12-county area all the way up to that $377,000. And that is truly dictated on the supply, driving up the prices and and the demand that uh, people are looking to go ahead and purchase. So medium prices are, it's a on the charts and looking at the trends, it is just going straight up. Um, And I don't foresee that changing anytime soon until supply actually comes more in line. And that's going to take a while. Yeah, absolutely it is. Well, what do you see going on with new construction? New construction, it's it's interesting. Um, as I said, they have uh, a lot of constraints, as you said, on the supply side in terms of uh, the supply chain. So, right. you know, builders are, uh, their costs have increased. Their availability of product is, has become a little bit tighter. So we've seen an uptick in the new construction. And that's an important factor in, in meeting the, the supply. But there's also been a, um, a bit of a phenomenon as well, where we are seeing a lot of builders and corporate companies are building purpose-driven uh, new construction strictly for rent. And mm-hmm. it's concerning in the resale side because these are, are you know corporate companies that are recognizing that there's a lot more return on investment over the long term than actually building properties for sale and moving on to the next development. So, uh, you know, you used to drive down the road and you would see houses starting at 350. Now we are seeing subdivisions that are purposely being built for rent, saying rent starting at $2,000. So that affects the supply side as well. And it's it's a a niche and an opportunity that I think builders have seen um, to increase that ROI, ROI over time. Uh, but it does put the constraints on the on the market. So we'd love to see more uh, new construction. And I think builders are really trying to uh, increase that and work with the counties and permits. But that is still a, a, an issue. And everything that I have read, it's going to be two to three years possibly before uh, that supply will we'll, we'll meet the needs of consumers out there right now. Well, there's so many constraints on supply, even just, you know, lots, developing lots. From the time that you buy the land or put an offer on the land to the time you get the permits on the land could be two years, Absolutely. and then you still have to develop it. Right, right. So that's that's a lot of it, but but it is interesting. I think the build for rent is to meet a need in the market. You know, you look at who's renting those homes, and in a lot of cases, it's that you know single female or it's the move down buyer who sold the big house in the burbs you know, doesn't want to really invest in another one because they don't want the upkeep. You know, they love the fact that somebody's taking care of the lawn and the exterior maintenance and that their weekends are completely theirs and they have that lock and leave lifestyle. So to me, part of that is a is a reaction to consumer demand for that type of product. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I know after the Great Recession, when all those big groups came through and gobbled up all those houses, we all thought we'd see them come back on the market a few years later. And it didn't happen. No, no, so, you're, you're correct. In fact, we just um, did a recent study on corporate ownership in metropolitan Atlanta. And we've identified ooh. over 60,000 properties that are corporate owned in metro Atlanta. Uh, we heat mapped them. And what we found ooh. is that the corporate buying is really on the outside of the perimeter. And so that they are understanding the need, uh, as you explained, for you know certain demographics. Yeah. 
And um, Atlanta is one of the biggest metropolitan areas where corporations have identified our market uh, to come in and, and, and buy these homes strictly for rent. And that is also another factor within the um, mm-hmm. supply side. So I keep going back to supply, um, and, right. but corporations, they've, they've identified that opportunity. And so in order to go ahead and, and for whether they're shareholders or so on, to get that ROI, that is what we're seeing as a trend which affects consumers that are looking to actually purchase and get into properties. Absolutely, it does. Fast credit approvals, accelerated loan processing, expedited underwriting. Call your new American funding loan officer today to get pre-qualified. For more information, call New American Funding at 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Three five four zero. How did this year's numbers compare to last year? And how does that compare to like kind of the first year of COVID? You know, what's that kind of now, I guess we're into kind of year three of that cycle or what does all that look like? Right. Uh, in 2020 and 2021, both those years, they were record production numbers for our membership. Uh, we're still seeing a an acceleration, you know, from the beginning of January, kind of moving into the spring and into the summer season. But we're seeing that both units that have sold and, and new listings have fallen off just a little bit. Um, we're not quite sure exactly why we're going to be monitoring that as we kind of go into the spring and summer. But we have seen an increase um, month over month in terms of, of new listings coming on, but it's not at the same rate we saw in, in 2021 as well. On the COVID issue, I, I think one of the biggest surprises and, and really the fascinating things is how the membership, our brokers and agents and appraisers reacted to COVID. Uh, we didn't know where the marketplace was going to go. And I'm not sure anybody really could have predicted <laughs> what was going to happen. But the way that agents accepted technology, the way that they were able to communicate through a lot of software and digital transactions, you know, virtual showings. They met the need of what consumers expected. And what we've seen is they've kept those practices in place because it increases the efficiency, especially being able to go ahead and preview a property through a virtual showing. Uh, Consumers will take a look and say, I can see myself in that property and then make that offer without possibly even stepping foot into that. So it's really hats off to the, the real estate industry itself and how it embraced the technology. And I think we've kind of moved past some of the COVID constraints of the uncertainty, embraced what um, they've learned from it, and are now using that as part of their practice. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, what COVID did for the real estate industry and the home building industry in terms of jumping forward in technology was huge and much needed. So I think we're now more where buyers expect us to be because they want to shop online first. Right. You know, they they want to pick it out, tour it, see it. And they've pretty much decided by the time they walk in the door to see it in person, whether they want it or not. Yeah. And I guess in a lot of cases now, especially with these bidding wars, they may be making an offer on something that they haven't even seen in person. From speaking to, to brokers and agents, that is a, a, a practice, and especially in the Atlanta marketplace where, you know, we have a lot of influx of people moving into the Atlanta market. So, of course, they've got to, to have shelter to, you know, to, to, right. to move here. So that is a practice where people are purchasing homes without actually stepping foot into it. But um, I think with the technology of, of floor plans and 
um, virtual showings that they can get a good feel exactly of what that property can bring to them. So as I mentioned, it's now become more common uh, to report oh, agents. Absolutely. And consumers expect it. Like you said, we, we can get our groceries delivered to our doorstep just by going online. And, and real estate has moved into that kind of phase as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is probably the million dollar question, but how do you see the rising interest rates you know, impacting the market? Have they slowed it at all? Will they slow it at all? Where's that going? That's a, a really great question because we are starting to see that increase in, in uh, interest rates. Lawrence Yoon of the National Association of Realtors expects to see interest rates at 5% here um, through this year and all the way into uh, beginning of next year. And the market that really, and the demographic that's really going to be affected is going to be the millennials and the first-time buyers. Right. Last year, there was a study that was given that 43% of all home purchases from June of 2020 to June of 2021 were millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen that. Well, it's about time, right? Right. <laughs> right. And I think parents are happy about that as well. <laughs> but we're seeing a little decline where that number has now dropped down to 37%. So, you know, with interest rates rising, that really hurts the buying power of individuals. And uh, with a $350,000 mortgage, if you were to go ahead and and apply for that, with interest rates going up to 5%, that could add up to $300 more on a a monthly payment. And, uh, you know, that affects everybody. You know, you increase that mortgage payment by that much. And then, of course, some of the inflationary pressures that we see right now just across the country. So, you know, those dollars have have meaning in what it means to go ahead and commit to a long-term responsibility of purchasing a home. So those interest rates, I think, will have an effect. And, and NAR has um, already indicated that there's a slight drop off on the millennials buying. And that could be through frustration as well. Um, I've heard of uh, anecdotally of, of offers where people are putting in six, seven, eight offers above listing price and not being able to go ahead and 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 have that offer accepted. Right. So at that point, do they sign another lease and move on to the next you know phase for a year? So it's frustration level, and you know with rising right. interest rates, is that also going to affect uh, the marketplace? But I think demand is still going to be there no matter what. Five percent is still. You know, what we've seen historically is still, it's, you know, a good place to be rather than some of the, the previous, you know, 70s, 80s and 90s even. So, right. Um, but there will be a demographic affected by the interest rates. Well, absolutely. And it's that same demographic that's affected by, you know, the fact that the supply chain has raised prices and land development and government regulations and all that. It's it's hurting our first time buyers the most yes. because, I mean, you've got to really, I mean, we used to say, you know, drive till you can afford it, drive till you can buy, mm-hmm. right? You got to drive pretty far now to find a house in the 200s, uh, right? Without and, a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. And, yeah. And, and I, I get the question all the time, you know, you know, should I hold off on buying? Well, Really not, because, you know, it's it's in terms of, of the supply, it's not going to get any better anytime short time. And of course, interest rates are on the rise. So at that point, you have to balance, you know, the getting into a house and making a purchase or do you wait two to three years and where that is in your life cycle and, and where you want to be. So, right. you know, it it's still, you know, to buy right now, if if that's where you need to be, I think that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. It's still a great time to buy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, even, you know, and you alluded to this, even with interest rates rising, the demand, you know, the demand for homes is way up here. There's a really high ceiling. And so if interest rates rise a little bit and they cut off that demand some, we still have this huge gap. I mean, wh- what is the number that I think I've heard that we're short something like 90, 97,000 homes to meet the amount of demand that there is in the metro Atlanta area? Right. right. And especially with the influx of people moving into, into the metropolitan Atlanta area. So there are definitely some headwinds, um, you know, that, that we are facing. But it's still opportunity is still there. But I think having a plan and, and, and having a plan that when you make offers on houses, look to see exactly, you know, where you would where you need to be. And if you have to escalate, where do you want to cap that at? But have those plan B's because most consumers right now are very aware of what the market is, are very aware of, of what they have to do to get into the, the housing. So yeah. have that plan would be my uh, my best advice. Yeah, I think that's great. You definitely have to have that plan. And because if you don't, you know, what do I say? A goal without a plan is just a wish. So, you know, you've alluded a couple of times to buyers moving into Atlanta from other places. Do you track that in any way, shape, form, or fashion? Do you know what percentage of homes being sold are to people relocating? You know, it's, it's actually a data point um, that we, we don't have as, as part of the listing. If it's a, a, you know, we have some relocation, uh, kind of anecdotally, we hear about relocations and so on from brokers, but it's not actually a, a data point. That we we track, um, but it would be right. something interesting. I think if we could get a data set like that to see exactly how that influx is affecting our marketplace, because we know it is. I mean, I know that I'm hearing that a lot, and I'm even hearing it in you know um, you know smaller markets. My sister lives in Knoxville, and her comment is, you know, so many people are moving into town and paying you know exorbitant prices for these homes. They're really starting to price the locals out of the market. And, you know, because, you know, if you've sold your house in New York City or New Jersey or somewhere, then the cost of living is so much more affordable down here. Even with the rise in prices, you can buy your new home and still stuff a whole bunch of money into the bank account. I just was curious of whether, you know, you had those stats because I'd love to know what they are. I wonder if anyone has right, those. Right. And, and, and to your point about, uh, you know, people coming in, cash offers is a very, very mm-hmm. prevalent piece of the offer process. Uh, last month, 27% of the financing for properties, because that is something we track, were cash offers. And I think that correlates to corporate buying. And I think that also relates to uh, you know people coming in from different marketplaces where their cost of living is higher, where they can sell their property, get a great value in the sense of the size of a property that they can get, but still, as you said, put money in the bank. So Cash offers is another part of that offer process that is squeezing first-time buyers and, and millennials as well. But it is a, a data point that we're, we are tracking. Yeah, uh, it's just fascinating to me that that you know people have that kind of money in cash. But I will say that there are some creative financing programs out there. I know our show sponsor, New American Funding, has a program now where you can make a cash offer and pay in cash, but then still get a loan on it. So... To, to allow people to compete more with those corporate buyers. Which I just think it's it's really indicative of the real estate industry where outside businesses are recognizing opportunity and finding niches to go ahead and help consumers. Mm-hmm. And that's really been an advent of something I have seen over time of, you know, where real estate was a little sleepy. And when I first started kind of working here, we always talk about where real estate data, What at what point did it become really sexy and everybody wanted it? And then you see third-party companies coming in with their opportunities. And the cash offer piece is something that I've been watching as well. And, and kudos for, for businesses for recognizing that and providing that service 
uh, to allow consumers to go ahead and make that offer on a cash basis. Yeah, it's uh, definitely true that innovation and thinking outside the box, I mean, there's there's great opportunities for businesses in the real estate space right now. You've just got to be innovative and, you know, maybe look at that problem or opportunity a little differently. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that you and I could talk all day about what's going on in the market, um, but we're running out of time. So how can our listeners get more information on you and the Georgia Multiple Listing Service? First, Carol, I'd just like to say thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, allowing me to, to be part of uh, your program with your listeners. Georgia MLS, uh, our website for those that are prospective uh, members and also for people that are looking to get a real estate license is GAMLS.com. We have a training institute that is georgiarealestateschool.com that services both uh, pre- and post-license education as well. And then finally, for consumers, if they are looking for local listings and local agents, we have a consumer-facing website that is georgia, spelled out, mls.com. It is an extremely active marketplace, and um, if you want to get in touch with local agents and local uh, listings, we highly recommend that uh, you go out and take a look at the listings that are available on georgiamls.com. Oh, that is fantastic. Lots of great information there for lots of different audiences. And that's going to wrap up this week's Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I'd like to thank John Ryan, the Chief Marketing Officer with Georgia Multiple Listing Service, for joining me in studio today. And on behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, I'm your host, Carol Morgan. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating and review. You could also follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you're looking for more Atlanta real estate news, follow us at atlantarealestateforum.com. And if you're interested in being on this show, reach out to me, carol at denimmarketing.com. With that, thank you for listening. I look forward to seeing you again right here next week. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.